0: Welcome to church! Yeah, that's right. We hadn't really gotten very far yet, had we? No. Um, it's good to see all of you. Uh, pardon the technical difficulties. It's better when we can hear each other uh, here at Pleasant Street, and we're glad that you could be with us today. Uh, as we get started on this uh, chilly morning at the end of January, there's a lot of exciting things happening in the life of our church right now and today. I'll get to that in a minute, but for those of you who are visiting, who are guests with us today, um, when we come to church, we do so to sing, to participate together, and also to share news about things that are happening. And so I want to highlight for you a couple things going on in the life of our church right now. One is that this Wednesday, uh, our our midweek programming called Midweek continues Uh, And that starts at 6.30 p.m. That's when our gems and our cadets meet. Uh, That's when middle school youth group meets. And that's also when we have an adult study class ongoing right now by our own uh, resident scholar, Mr. John Vriesma, who has been researching for many years, understanding the ancient world, uh, the first century world of Jesus that he lived in. He's been walking us through this really interesting class called Jesus the Rabbi. It runs from 6.30 to 8 p.m. in room E downstairs. Please come. Join us on Wednesday. If you haven't been with us before, you haven't been able to make it, that's okay because each it's topical. So each week seems to, to stand on its own. Uh, I've, I've learned a ton. And um, yeah, please do join us if you can make it. That's this Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. The other thing is a little bit further out, Uh, As a church, we don't just do work here in this congregation or with partners in town, but also uh, with people who love and serve Jesus across the world. And every once in a while, some of those people who we partner with far away come here, so we have a chance to connect with them. And on February 18th, on Saturday morning, uh, Larry Spalink, who's one of our missionaries, is coming here, and so we're going to do a big breakfast to-do uh, with Fairlawn and our church together, right here at 10 a.m., uh, the breakfast is going to be—it's just going to be right there. You know, you—you you can almost see it, right? That just imagine—that's where it's going to be. Please come and join us uh, to hear about Larry and his work and uh, what God is up to in Japan. Uh, so that's—that's that's a plug for that. The final comes from Sadie in the office, which is to say we're—we're we're about to print another directory, a paper copy of the directory. Uh, And we're looking, this is a last call for updated information. Uh, so that we can capture an accurate snapshot of our information to go into that directory. So, in particular for our college students, if you can look through any address changes that have come for college students or young adults, and if you know those, please get those to Sadie this week so we can print those things and have all the mail go to the right places. Okay, my friends, well, well, that's things that are upcoming, but today uh, is a very special and exciting day because it's Family Sunday, which is a chance for us to remember that church is all ages, young and old, familiar and new together worshiping. And it's also Cadet Sunday. And so with that being said, uh, I want to invite our cadet corps to come on down. They're going to lead us off. Welcome everybody.
1: Today is a family Sunday and it's a cadet Sunday. And we have about half of our cadet club here from Pleasant Street and Fairlawn Church. We also have a number of Boys from other churches. Some of them are in other services now, but we do another Cadet Sunday uh, in a month at Fairlawn as well. And we want to welcome you to Cadet Sunday. We hope you learn a little bit about cadets along the way. And right now we're going to have an opening call to worship. We'd like you to join us in that. And it's based on the cadet theme this year, which is amazing. We worship an amazing God. And This is an interactive call to worship. Uh, Please please join us after our landmarks. We're gonna go through a few of the things that we do at the beginning of every uh, cadet meeting. And if you are a former cadet or a former cadet leader, feel free to join us in the landmarks. But first of all, cadets, what is your motto? Living for Jesus. And cadets, what is your verse? If you, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, verse 15. All right, this one's a little harder. Cadets, what is your pledge? Thankful to God for his gifts to me, I pledge myself to be ready to serve God, my parents, my country, my church, my neighbor, and my corps. Lord, our Lord, how majestic! is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens.
2: The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established
0: it on the waters. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place. On this that you are mine,
3: Human beings that you care for, who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord, who missed the holy place, who is the king of glory?
4: The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty
2: in power. Who is this king of glory, the Lord Almighty? He is the king of glory.
4: Lord, our Lord, how
2: majestic, majestic is your name in all the earth. In Joshua 3:5, Joshua told the Israelites to consecrate themselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. We praise you, Lord, for you are an amazing God, and you continue to do amazing things among us. Please rise and body your spirit as we start our worship.
4: the King, O oh, glories above, O oh, gratefully sing His wonderful love. Our sail and defender, the ancient of days, brilliant in splendor and girded with praise. Oh tell of His might, O oh, sing of His grace, whose robe is the light and canopy space. His shield and the the dark clouds form, darken His path on the wings of a storm. You alone are the matchless King, to you alone be all majesty. Your glories and wonders, what tongue can recite, you breathe in the air.
2: Always good and always loving. No matter how much this world around us changes, we know that God can be consistent. So, if you're here today carrying a heavy burden, or doubts, or grief, or pain, or fear, friends, know that you can trust in God's faithfulness. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love endures forever. Let's sing about the same God. Father, we're sorry for the times that we have not welcomed you into our lives. Sometimes we hurt our family and friends and act selfish. Father, we have
5: sinned. Forgive us. For the times we were too weak to stand up for what is right.
3: Father, we have sinned. Forgive us.
2: For the times we refuse to forgive our others. Father, we Take a moment in a silent confession to God. Jesus said, if you reside in me, and my words reside in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. Friends, we have asked for forgiveness and correction. It has been truly done for us, it has been done for us, and it will be done for us. I'd like to invite the deacons and um, a few of the cadets to come up. For our offering. Before our offering, Scott's just going to talk a little bit about cadets.
1: So there's a little bit more information in the bulletin about cadets and Cadet Sunday, as well as kind of this flyer that will tell you some about the larger organization. Cadets is a worldwide organization. It's kind of centered in the United States and Canada, but there are clubs throughout the world, including Europe, Uh, parts of Russia, Australia, Africa, and other places, which is great. So these five are gonna help us with the offering, or they're gonna help the deacons with the offering, and I was wondering if a couple of them would tell us some of the things they like about cadets. Some of these are are new cadets from this year. Let's see, Owen, do you have anything you'd tell us?
3: I like the campouts with the um, hikes.
1: Campouts and the hikes. Let's see, somebody else. Garrett?
3: My favorite part of cadets
4: is gaga ball
1: playing gaga before cadets that's a big popular one we also do crafts we do bible studies badges all kinds of stuff we'll be in the fellowship hall afterwards if you want to help cadets why don't you guys give the deacons a hand with the baskets
2: let's pray father you are an abundant god out of your great mercy you have given us so much please receive this offering today lord with with it we worship you Please use it to further your kingdom and glorify your name. Amen.
4: What gift of grace Is Jesus my Redeemer There is no more Than heaven now to give and freedom my steadfast love
0: Brothers and sisters, friends, in the story of the Bible, we once were at home with God and we lost that home. And when that happened, when things got broken between us and God, everything else in the world started to fall apart. When we come into church, we hear again the gospel good news that in Christ, God has made it right between us and Him. And in this place, we get a glimpse of how God is starting to put everything else back together again, too. We don't see that yet, but we do see this, peace. And we have something now very real to share with each other, which is the peace of Christ, it's as real as a handshake. And so in a moment, I'll speak peace to you, and you have a chance to speak that to each other. And as we do this, uh, notice your neighbor's comfort levels. If they go in for the handshake, you can match it. If they do this, you could do that. If, If you get one of these, you know read read each other right however you do it we're passing peace to each other friends the peace of christ is with you also with you let's share that peace with each other Friends, on Family Sunday, uh, which today is, we get to do things a little bit differently. Instead of taking time to uh, go to different spaces uh, to learn about God in different ways, we do that by staying together in this room and learning about God together. Uh, And today, I have a special guest. I have some friends, actually, I'd like to introduce you to. Uh, This is Alva and Avery and Henry. And uh, they are rather alone up here, I'm noticing. So I'm wondering, could we have... Uh, those who are kids or and also those who are young at heart if you're feeling that way, come on up front and help me fill up this empty space here, would you guys?
5: Sit on the steps down here so you can see what's going on. Sit down here on the steps. Oh, good morning. Good to see everybody here. I'm glad there's some older kids too. So How many of you like getting presents? Yeah, it's fun to get a present, isn't it? Yeah. How many of you like giving away presents? Yeah, that's a little bit harder. But when I find something really special that I know a friend will like, it's fun to buy it for them and give them a present. So, but I heard there's a present that every time you give it away you get more. What do you think that is? Yeah, it's if you give your love away, God gives you more. God keeps giving it and giving it and giving it. We're going to pretend that that little ball is you and you're in a glass of God's love. If you want to come over here so you can see it, you can. Okay, now who else loves you? Who else? God God loves us, yeah, and he keeps giving us more and more love. But I think your moms and dads love you, too. Yeah, so your mom loves you and your dad loves you. Boy, you're still surrounded with, with love, but you gave some to mom and dad. Do you have a brother and sisters? Yeah, some of you may have a brother, some of you may have a sister. I don't have any sisters, I just have four brothers. Yeah, but I love them and I know they love me. So we're going to put a ball in for brothers, we're going to put a ball in for sisters. Wow, the water still surrounds everybody. God's love is still there. I can give that love away and God gives me more. Isn't that cool? Do you have grandpas and grandmas? Yeah. Do they love you? Yeah. So, grandpas love you, and grandmas love you. Who else loves you? Grandfathers. Grandfathers? Yeah, we put a grandfather in there. Any? Yeah. Jesus loves us, but his love is all the water that's around there. So, do you have an aunt and uncle that love you? Yeah. Yeah? Oh. Hey, aunts and uncles, do you have a friend that loves you? Wow, the glass is filling up. But God love just keeps going. As you express love to somebody else, God gives you more love. Isn't that cool? That God loves you so much, He fills you up with His love, so you can give it away. We, I can love everybody here. I don't know everybody personally, But I care about them because God cares about them, and I want to love them. As I get to know them, I can love them more, and God will just give me more love. Isn't that cool? You can't give that gift away enough. You just give it, give it, and give it, give it, and you get more. I think God loves us a whole lot to give us that special gift. Let's have a prayer. Jesus, thank you for giving us love that we can share with everybody around us. Lord, help these boys and girls to become men and women who follow after your heart. In your name, amen. Okay, you can go back to your seats.
6: Good morning. Don't you just love it when all of the pieces all come together and this is what makes today Family Sunday. really special, I think, at Pleasant Street, and I think it just speaks to how much of a family we are. Uh, My name is Dawn. I'm one of the elders here at Pleasant Street, and it is my privilege and my honor to lead us in prayer this morning. For those of you who may be following along in this month's Today devotional, we have them out here by the door when we come in. A lot of people I know pick them up. Um, One of the titles this past week for, I think it was Friday, was Praise His Name. The Hebrew word hallelujah translates to praise the Lord. Saying praise the Lord is a perfect way for us to start the day, remembering the goodness and faithfulness of God. It helps to set the tone for the day, and it puts our attitude in the right place. It also reminds us that God is bigger than our circumstances, and that no one else is like the Lord our God. It was a reminder that I needed to hear this week, and I have woven it into our prayer this morning. I hope it will resonate with you as well. Also, as we celebrate Family Sunday today, this morning's prayer focuses on the blessings and needs of the family that God is creating here at Pleasant Street. I pray the Holy Spirit, who knows all the concerns of our hearts and our world, will intercede on behalf of all the brokenness that threatens to weigh us down. Would you pray with me? Almighty and loving God and Father, we come before you today and greet you with our hallelujahs. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Lord, over all creation and over every living thing, we praise you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image, loved and desired members of your family, called sons and daughters of the Most High, brothers and sisters, with Jesus Christ, our Savior. Hallelujah, we praise you, Lord. Creator God, we praise you that you knew each of us from before time began. You planned and knew all of the details of our lives and orchestrated them to place each of us here this morning, whether in this sanctuary or in our own homes. You knit us together, not only as individuals in your image, but as a family of believers, in this family we call Pleasant Street Church. Today, as we join together for Family Sunday, we thank you for each member of our family here. For the newest and young lives, we celebrate in parents' arms and infant seats in our midst. We rejoice with Jeff and Pam B. in the birth of a healthy new grandson. Bless them with safety and joy as they travel to celebrate together as a family. We thank you for our young children who attend Kid Street, Echo, Cadets, and GEMS. Thank you for their joy for life and their excitement as they hear and learn stories about how much you love them. Thank you for our middle and high school youth. God of wisdom, we ask that you would guide them as they wonder and seek to learn more about you. We give you thanks for our college students and young adults. As they work to discern the calling that you have placed on their lives, ponder career options and to where you might be leading them, make yourself known to them and help them to see you leading them. Provider God, thank you for staff and volunteers who give of their time, energy, and talents to engage and help to instruct our children and young adults. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Particularly today, we give thanks for the men who faithfully lead our cadet program. Father, we ask that you would honor them as they seek to guide and encourage these boys to love and to follow you. Heavenly Father, thank you for grown-ups, for those of us walking through our adult years. We give you thanks for those members of our family who have seen generations rising up after them. Thank you for their guidance, their wisdom, and their testimony of your faithfulness through all their years. Whether we are young, old, single, married, raising children, focused on careers, enjoying retirement, or gracefully aging into our senior years, keep us from thinking that we are all grown up. Help us to continue to grow in faith and in our love for you. Remind us that not until we see you face to face, will we know all there is to know about you. Lord Jesus, when you walk this earth as one of us, you experienced life's ups and downs with your parents, siblings, and friends. You shared joys, experienced sorrows, and shed tears. We thank you that in your doing so, we can rest in the assurance that you know and share in our joy and tears as well. Loving Father, as a family, we are grieving today. We ask, God of grace, that you would be with the Stinson and Wozner family in the passing of Karen this week. We praise you for Karen's life, for her witness and testimony of your goodness and faithfulness, even to the end of her time here with us. Thank you for the assurance that you have welcomed her home with open arms and that we will one day be reunited with her and all the saints who have gone on before us. Hallelujah, we praise you Lord for this promise. We ask great physician that you would continue to be with members of our family who are struggling with injuries, illnesses, or other difficult diagnoses. We remember Cindy H, Richard M, Hank and Bev E, Maggie C, Carol L, and others whose names or conditions might be unknown to us. We trust that they are known to and by you and that you are walking with them. Provider of all good things, we give you thanks and praise for providing for our basic daily needs and so much more. Today as we gather here, we also give you thanks for providing us a meal, a remembrance of the sacrifice you made in giving up your own son so that we could be redeemed to you. Jesus, brother and savior, Thank you for loving us so much that you willingly suffered unimaginable pain and humiliation to pay a price that we could never pay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Holy Spirit, we boldly and humbly ask that you would fill us with your presence. We ask that you would speak to and through Pastor Matthew as he brings us your words this morning. Open our ears, our minds, and our hearts. And help us, your children, hear the words and calling of you, our Heavenly Father. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. Amen.
1: In a moment, we'll be reading from Luke 15. Um, But first, I had mentioned to Matthew and to Steve, there was one other thing I wanted to mention about cadets. And... uh, Don had a fabulous prayer that mentioned leadership throughout our church and throughout our ministries. And I need to take a minute to thank and honor some of the fellow counselors that I've had a number of years with. And so they don't really know this, but uh, I'm going to ask if um, Steve Martinka could come up for a second along with Keith and Mike and Chuck They're kind of on the spot here, and I know they love standing up by themselves in front of us. So this got delayed a little bit. This was a a secret announcement that was going to be about four years ago, and Cadet Sunday was canceled rather abruptly for uh, reasons that elude me for a couple of years. This is actually the first Cadet Sunday we've had in four years, believe it or not. And four years ago, I was planning to give Steve this pin of commendation for being a counselor for five years in the cadet organization. I was unable to do that, but I'm happy to do it today. So actually, you should probably be getting a pin closer to 10 years now. (laughs) At that time, I was going to give Keith one for 10 years, Mike one for 10 years. And again, if I had the foresight and waited one more year, this would probably be 15 years. And Chuck already has a pin. Chuck, what does your pin read? says 15 years. That's not right. I have one for Chuck for 30 years. That should be closer to 35 years now. So I just wanted to thank these guys for all their help and all their leadership and Don for your prayer for our church. God definitely has blessed uh, Fairlawn Church, Pleasant Street Church, the cadet organization, as well as the sister organization of the Gems, and uh, definitely has blessed his people. So thank you very much, guys. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 15. I'm reading from the New International Version. We're going to start out with the first few verses and then skip down a little bit. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. And then Jesus told them this parable. Actually, here Jesus tells them a couple parables, and then he goes on to this one. Verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living.
0: During this Epiphany season, what we've been doing together as a church is taking some time to look at some new mission and values language that our leaders have been praying through and talking about over the last number of months, and we'll continue that this morning by looking at this magnificent story that Jesus tells. But before we do that, would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, when we come into this place, um, we are coming to your house And when we come here, we get to uh, see old friends and make new ones. We get to talk to you openly and honestly about the things that make us happy and the things that worry us. Uh, We get to be reminded again that you love us and welcome us home. And now we get to talk to you from words in the Bible. The Bible is a very big and very old book, and it can be hard to understand. So how happy are we today today? to hear Jesus telling a story, because we like stories, and we know them. And so we ask, oh God, that you would come by your Spirit, and that you would help our minds to understand this story, and that you would help our hearts to receive it as a story just for us. Amen. What do you want to be like when you grow up? Well... When we're young, the big people ask us this question a lot, don't they? What do you want to be when you grow up? The big people, we know, expect us to say things like firefighter, police officer, fashion designer, pilot, football player, certified public accountant, maybe not that one, cadet leader, Yeah, they expect us to answer with a job. But sometimes kids know better. They know that what you do is not who you are. And so sometimes kids answer the question the way it's actually meant to be answered. And they say things like, I want to be like my dad. I want to be like my mom. I want to be like my cadet leader. Not always, of course. Sometimes, sometimes, true enough, we aren't sure we want to be like mom or dad because we never got to meet them. Sometimes we aren't sure we want to be like mom or dad because we did. But for many of us, we've all had a time in our lives when we idealized our parents and we said, when I grew up, I want to be just like my dad. I want to be just like mom. And there is no mystery about wanting to be like someone whom we admire and we know loves us. In fact, this is a very natural part of growing up. We see people in our lives who we look up to and we say, when I grow up, I want to be just like my father. And so it might surprise us that when Jesus tells a story about a father, a very, very good father who loves his children, who loves his two sons, that in this story, neither son wants to be anything like their dad. In fact, neither son wants anything to do with them. Today, we hear Jesus telling a story, and it's a special kind of a story. We call it a parable. And a parable is a made-up story that tells us something very true and very real about God and ourselves. Today, Jesus makes up a story about a father who has two sons, and in this story, the father loves them. The father takes care of them. The father gives them everything that they need, but the two sons don't want anything to do with their father. Not at all. It's easy to see in the younger son. The younger son comes to his father one day and he says, I want my inheritance and I want it now. That is a rude thing to say to your father, isn't it? But in the ancient world, where having honor and respect for your elders was very important. It wasn't just a rude thing to say. It was unforgivable. A son would not inherit his father's possessions until after the father died. And it was the custom in their world that the oldest son would get all of the possessions and belongings and would take care of distributing out the rest of the father's wealth after the father passed away. And so the younger son has skipped right over all of that. He has skipped over the part where his older brother has the responsibility to dole it out. He's skipped over the part where his father passes away. He doesn't want to wait in line, and he doesn't want to wait for his father to die. The younger son has just said, Father, I wish you were dead, and I would like to live my life right now as if it's already true. but I can't do it without your money. So give me what's coming to me anyway so I can get out of here. Can you, can you imagine saying something like this to your father? Can you imagine your child saying this to you? It wouldn't be the money part that would really hurt. It would be the part where your son, your child, is saying, I can't stand you. In fact... I can't live my life if I am anywhere close to you. I wish you were dead. When I grow up, I want to have nothing to do with you at all. So maybe we understand that feeling very well. Or maybe the younger son saying something like this makes us unbelievably angry, and we cannot possibly imagine ever saying anything like that. His disdain for his father, his rejection of his father is loud, and it's public, and it's easy to see. But the older son is actually no better. He doesn't really want anything to do with his dad either. It's true. You're right. The older son does everything that his dad asks him to do. And if you look at the story outwardly, the older son does all the things that are expected of him. He is the model child. He is everything the younger brother is not. And a little bit proud of it, too. He's dutiful, he's diligent, he's compliant, he's hardworking. But he hates every minute of it. He resents his father. How do we know? Well, you don't see it until his younger brother comes home. (laughs) After spending all of the money, the younger son has the gall to show his face around the family estate again. Nothing to show for himself except empty pockets. This is not unusual. But dad doesn't punish him. He puts a ring on his finger. He doesn't dress him down with a speech that surely the the older son has been rehearsing in his head for years. Instead, the father dresses him up in a robe he doesn't make the younger son grovel and work to prove that he's changed. The father just kills the fatted calf. And that is when what is hiding in the older brother's heart comes out. He will not go into the party. He will not come inside. He will not celebrate this tragedy. The father comes out to him begging. Begging. The older son says, all my life I have slaved for you and never once have you given me even a young goat so I could have a party with my friends. Yeah, the older son stayed home, but his his heart could not be further away. It could not be harder or colder. His son thinks himself a prisoner. Does that make the father a warden or a slave master? His son was here working alongside him in the household all these years, and secretly he was daydreaming about having a party with his friends. Jesus tells this story about a father who has two sons, and neither son wants anything to do with their dad. And he makes up this pretend story to tell us something very real and very true and very, very sad. We are the younger sons and daughters. We are the older brothers and sisters. Now, we might run or we might stay, but in either case, what is spiritually true is that we take the Father for granted. We presume on His kindness. We want His stuff. We do not want Him. He is nothing more than a vending machine to us. We grudgingly obey the Father out of fear or resentment or custom or obligation. We give Him only exactly What he asks for, and we resent even that. We do not take joy and delight in the Father himself, which is what we were made for. We were meant, my friends, to find in God our heart's happy home, and in God's voice the greatest comfort, and in God's gaze and affection all we could ever need. And that's just not the reality of so much of our experience. We want to gaze at screens. We want the world to clap for us. We want to know, what do I have to do to keep God happy and off my back and the sickness away as long as possible? Most of the time, we treat the Father like, well, like an estranged, elderly person. Ray Ortland. Uh, is a writer and an author and a preacher, and he once tried to show us a parody of how we treat God by imagining us going to visit him as an elderly man in a nursing home. And he imagined it this way. He said, we, at, before we go in, you may want to lower your voice a little bit because God could be sleeping now. He's old, you know, and he doesn't much understand or like this newfangled modern world. His golden days were a long time ago, and that was, that was back when people cared what he thought about things, and considered him pretty important in their lives. Anyway, now he's just a good-natured, low-maintenance friend who's really easy to talk to, especially since he almost never talks back. And when he does, it's usually only to tell me that what I want to do is all right by him. You know the best thing about him, though? He doesn't judge me. Not ever. For anything. Well, sure enough, he... Deep down, wishes that I'd be more loving and less selfish, but he's realistic. Besides, forgiving people is his job. It's what he does. After all, he is love, right? And to be honest, I wouldn't have it any other way. Don't worry, uh, we don't have to stay long either. He's just grateful for any time he can get. Do you know what an attitude like this does It gets you lost. And the lost need to be found, which is the point that Jesus is trying to make. And lost being found, Jesus tells us, is like coming home. The younger son comes home, and to his surprise, he is welcomed. He is actually more than that. He is enveloped in love. He is soaked in love. In it, like a ball being dropped in a glass of water. He is rejoiced over. He experiences God's lavish love for someone who didn't think that he was even worthy to keep the family name anymore. And for the older brother too, he has managed also to get lost without ever leaving the front door. He refuses to go into the party. Arms crossed, he won't go in. And the father comes out to him. And it is the healing gentle words of the father who comes out of the party to find us sulking, steaming, stewing. And the father says, "My son, everything that I have was already yours." You didn't have anything to prove to me. You never did. You're mine. What Jesus is telling us with this made-up story is something very, very true and very, very real, and it is that coming home means reconciling with the Father whom we have spurned and who, in the face of our rejection, has only extended himself further to show and prove his love for us. Coming home means not just knowing, but experiencing The Father's love whom we have so badly misjudged, but who has not ever forgotten who we are. Henry Nouwen was a writer and a thinker uh, and a a Christian priest, and he once said that this made-up story, it speaks the truth about a love that existed before any of our rejection was even possible It tells the story of a love that will still be there after every single rejection has taken place. It is the first and the everlasting love of a God who reveals himself to us over and over again as Father. And friends, Jesus tells this story because in his world, people were lost in fear and anger and rejection and hostility and callousness toward God. When Jesus tells this story... Luke reminds us he is around a table With sinners and Pharisees, like younger brothers, the sinners fear that they have squandered God's love and they will never be able to get it back again. And the Pharisees stand off in the corner like older brothers who think that they have to earn God's attention and they gossip about all the unworthy people and resent that he is showing it to them in the first place at the same time. And Jesus tells this story to show us too. What the Father is like, He is the one who sees us coming a long way off and runs and envelops us in love and a hug, taking our face in His hands and gazing at us in joy even though we wished Him dead. And God is the one who comes out to us when we are frozen in self-righteousness and can't move and we're afraid of doing all the wrong things and upset that someone else is getting the attention and we are upset at God. And so God comes out to us and tells us again, we are loved. We are. And we always have been. Jesus tells us this story to tell us that in him, God has extended himself into a whole world full of lost people in order to bring us home. And home in the Bible always means God. And we are telling this story today because here at Pleasant Street, we want to be a church where the lost are found. We want to be the kind of church in a world of angry politics and angry sports and angry news and lonely people where we can experience together the love of God expressed in Jesus Christ. For this is how we know we are found. This is how we know what home is. But my friends, this is not the end of the story. Jesus, our wise older brother and the true son of God, he comes into the world to bring us home to God, to reconcile us to the Father. In fact, his whole ministry was meant to reveal what God is like to us, not just this story, and not only to reveal it, but then to unite us back to the Father, to make us one again. And Jesus says, be like your father. Henry Nowen was that priest who I mentioned a minute ago. He was also an oldest son. And as an adult, he spent three whole years of his life meditating on just this parable because he wanted to understand the love of God. And sometimes it takes that long. He first found himself to be like the younger brother and he felt God's embrace and he, he experienced coming home. And then he realized that he was also the older brother. He was afraid of God, and he resented his power over him, and he found God to be a father who came out to his hard heart to teach him that he was loved and a member of the family and not someone who had to earn it, and he came home again. But then Nouwen realized that in all this time, he had never really noticed the father, And he began to discover that the story isn't actually over until he realized that the goal of the story is that for the sons in the family to grow up and take the place of the father, it is to become just like dad, to grow up to be like the father, to be not just the one who is forgiven, but the one who forgives Not just the one who is welcomed home, but the one who welcomes others. Not just the one who receives compassion, but the one who offers it overflowing to others as well. Perhaps the most radical statement Jesus ever said now and writes is be compassionate as your heavenly Father is compassionate. God's compassion is described by Jesus not simply as showing us how God feels about me, not just forgiving my sins, not just offering me new life and happiness, but to invite me to become like the Father and show the same compassion to others that He has shown to me. Jesus leaves no doubt about this when He explains, if you love those who love you, what credit can you expect? Even sinners do this. Instead, love your enemies and do good to them and lend without any hope of return and you will have a great, great big reward and you will be children of the Most High for He Himself is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Be compassionate just as your Father is compassionate. Roger was simply a lost kid from a hard home situation. Roger's parents had gotten tied up in substances and they couldn't take care of him. Craig Barnes, who was a pastor and the son of a pastor, uh, he tells the story about Roger and about, Roger's, about his dad, a pastor who tried to help. One night, Roger called the Barnes family. He couldn't wake his parents up. He was 11 and he had no other family. Craig's father got in the car and he went to pick him up just for the night, but somewhere along the ride home to his house, he had already decided to adopt Roger. Roger got home and was introduced to his new family. Roger did not earn his way into the family. He didn't even really ask for it. It is solely the grace of of Craig's parents that drew in this scared, lost child. In a moment, Roger became one of the Barnes family, an heir and a joint heir with his brother Craig. But that grace, freely given, was about to overhaul Roger's life. The Barnes family, it turns out, had a lot of rules. They used to joke, in fact, that the Barnes parents had never met a rule they didn't like. Roger had never met a rule. It took years of patient teaching, mostly from his mother. And Craig says that there was a common phrase that you could hear around the dinner table of his childhood, and it was this, No, no, Roger, (laughs) we don't do that here. Table manners, sharing, civility, kindness, how to do the dishes, eventually Roger learned it all eventually. But to be clear... He didn't make those changes in order to become part of the family. He made them because graciously he understood that he had been brought from death to life and he already was. The story continues that eventually Roger passed away. No, he didn't pass away. He died, actually. He sacrificed himself heroically in Vietnam. But even here, his family knew better than than to know that this was not to make his country proud or his family proud or to earn honor for himself. He says, no, his family knew without a doubt that he did that because he already knew to the depths of his bones that his parents loved him and were pleased with him. No one, Barnes writes, can give sacrificially without being loved so thoroughly. The frightened child my parents adopted made his way through all of my mother's table lessons and somehow into the depths of her love for him. Along the way, somehow he was transformed into a hero." Barnes says that he will sometimes remember his brother and think about this story when he stands before a table, for Craig is also a pastor, and he stands in front of a congregation on occasion in front of a table, a table where we have a seat because of the adopting, reconciling, lavish love of God who has a habit of adopting lost children like us and calling them his own. And here... Here at this table, our good older brother, Jesus, has already set the table and made everything ready for us to be welcomed here. And one after another, we come forward to receive, passed among the plates between us, we pass to each other bread and juice, and sometimes Barnes writes, He sees that we are tempted to bring with us also anger or cynicism or fear or self-importance. And he says, I can almost hear the Holy Spirit sometimes saying, no, no, we don't do that here. Instead, it is the Spirit orchestrating our attention to the grace given to us and the wonder of being called children, overwhelming us with the reminder that someone like me should have a seat at a place like this. And that is where we find the faith to grow up and learn to be just like Dad. At this table, Barnes says, Protestants like us have a long time said very stridently that the bread and wine don't change into anything else. Right. But we have forgotten to claim just as strongly that at this table... The people who receive that bread and wine do. And that, Craig writes, is a far more impressive miracle anyway. My friends, we were not just meant to come home and be children. We were meant to grow up and become just like Dad. But we can only do that if we are experiencing this radical love over and over and over again, allowing it over time to sink us deeper into the lavish love of God and change us. In our family, when my kids were smaller and learning to trust, we had a little liturgy that we would sometimes do together. And so one might ask, Mommy, Daddy, do you love me? And we would say, Yes. Do you love me when I fall down? Yes. Do you love me when I'm happy? Yes. Do you love me when you are sad? Yes. Do you love me when you are angry? Yes. Do you love me when I disobey? Yes. Do you love me when I get big? Yes. In Jesus Christ, my friends, the answer to all of our childlike questions to God about all of the things that might threaten his love for us is this, Yes. You can rest assured that it is yes. Around this table, it is yes. Around this table, it is also not a mystery to the answer to the other question of who we will be like when we grow up. It's just like dad. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, it is almost unbelievable to believe and understand that you, together with the Father and with the Spirit, would conspire together to create a plan for you to come into this world, taking on flesh and becoming like us in every single way, except for the part where we forgot how to trust you and where we turned away from you in fear and rejection and anger and sadness and despair. Lord Jesus, we are those who have come now here because we have discovered that everywhere else in the world there is no free lunch, and you're going to have to pay what you owe. And so in this place, we have come hoping against hope that we might be welcomed back casually, coolly, and we have found again that you put a ring on our finger, that you robe us, that you have come to us running, that you have come to us to melt the hardness in our hearts and invite us to share in the feast that you have made. And so we ask, O oh Christ, that you would do that now as we come to this table. We pray this in your name. Amen. The Lord has prepared this table. Let's prepare ourselves by going through these liturgy words together. Friends, the Lord be with you. Set your hope on God. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Friends, this is the table of the Lord, and He invites all who love Him and trust in Him alone for their salvation to sit with Him and share in this joyful feast. Pray with me. We thank you, God, creator of all. You gave us life and loved us before we even knew you. We thank you, God, for your son, Jesus Christ. His death freed us from sin. His resurrection gives us new life. His return will bring us to live in God's house forever. We thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit. May the Spirit make this bread and cup a holy meal of faith. Amen. Friend. We come to this table because Jesus invited us here. To remember him, Jesus tells us to eat this broken bread and to drink this cup in true faith and to keep doing this until he comes again. In this meal, God tells us that our sins have been completely forgiven through the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ, On the cross, Jesus' body was broken, and Jesus' blood was shed. God also tells us that the Holy Spirit makes us one with Christ, and through Jesus, one with all other Christians. Let us all together, young and old, new and familiar, remember the story of how this meal began. You see, the night before Jesus was arrested, he was eating with his disciples, and like always, he took some bread, he thanked God, and then he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Eat this and remember me. When they had finished eating, he took a cup, and after giving thanks to God, he gave it to them, saying, this cup makes you sons and daughters in my blood. Drink this and remember me. So now, following Jesus' example and command, we take this bread and this cup, which are the ordinary things of this world that Christ has made special. And today when we eat and drink this cup, we remember Jesus' death until he comes again. together, let's say it. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Come then, people of God, to the joyful feast of our Lord. Would you pray with me? Loving God, you made this world marvelous for us to enjoy. You gave us Jesus to be our Savior, Lord, and friend, and to bring us to you. You send your Spirit to make us one family in Christ. Through your goodness, we have this bread and wine to offer with which earth has given and human hands have made. May we know your presence in the sharing of this bread, and through your word may we know the power of your salvation. We celebrate today because Jesus shared his life with his first disciples, he shared it with the church throughout the centuries, and he shares it with us now. Make us one in Christ and one with each other through this meal. Amen. Friends, come for all is ready, and these are the gifts of God for the people of God. I want to invite our worship team and also our elders to come forward. They're going to help us uh, to take these elements together. If you would prefer single serve elements, we have those as well. Uh, just give me a, a wave or indicate it with a, with a sign and I can bring those to you.
4: Kneel at the throne of our God. Through Son our salvation.
0: the body of our Savior Jesus Christ was given to us for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. And friends, take, drink, remember, and believe that the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ was shed for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Friends, we should say thank you. Would you join me in this litany of thanksgiving? Jesus, for your amazing sacrifice that has made us clean and forgiven. Is it not there? Oh, oh. There we go. Jesus, for your amazing sacrifice that has made us clean and forgiven and free. For this bread and wine that help us to remember your amazing love for us. Thank you, Jesus. For making us part of your body, the church. Thank you, Jesus. For blessing us so that we can bless others in the world. Thank you, Jesus. And having received God's blessing, we go now carrying, wearing, marked by that blessing, robed in it. You could say. Would you rise, friends, and receive God's blessing for you? Friends, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen. Let's go singing. He became sin,
4: who knew no sin that we might be.
2: Go now in peace to love and serve Jesus Christ.